Thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is a ministry of Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. For more information about our church or services, please visit our website at mvbaptist.org. We sincerely hope you enjoy the message. When I was a little boy, about 11 years old, I'd go to visit my, my papa and my granny on the land that we, we are on now. We bought that land. Amy and I bought that land from my papa after my grandmother passed away. And he had, uh, and I remembered going back, you know, to about 11 years old. And my papa, he, uh, what he liked to do is he liked to plant some oak trees out there. He was trying to get rid of some of the pines and things. And I remember out there, he, he planted some really small oak trees. And I thought to myself at 11, I thought, oh my goodness, this is going to take a while for these oak trees. And the other day I was backing up and I realized, and I didn't hit the oak trees, I didn't hit them, and that wasn't where I was going with that, but I was pulling around all three of them, the three that he had planted right there in his front yard, which is beside us now, and I realized that, man, after about 35 years, these trees were real big, and I thought to myself, I thought, wow, 35 years has gone by really fast. Folks, I mean, I've been talking to you over the past two weeks. This is the third in a sermon series for our new year, and this is, this is going to be, there'll be a lot of talking like this. Many of you may get your good naps for a Sunday night nap, but I, I, I want to I stress something really strong tonight. The first time when we got the bricks out here, we started talking about every single thing we do being important to the kingdom and our need to, our need to do, be involved and our need, to, uh, our, our need to, to, to make sure the kingdom is pressing forward and building the walls of protection and, and, and all that. This morning we talked about laying that track and we talked about the fact that we needed to be getting the gospel out to every single piece of society, wherever it is you have your influence that you do that. Tonight what I want to tell us is we don't have a lot of time. I had a picture of, of, I used to, when my kids were really little, I, I would carry them around like a sack of potatoes. I really would. I, I, think, we got, I think we got a picture of, of, of me. There we go. That's me and my daughter, and, and uh, she's 23 now. And, and I remember, I remember, I, ca- I carry them around just like this, and we just go out hanging. I'd talk to her, and she'd, she'd talk to me in whatever language she had. And here, here, here's the thing. The other day, the other day I was hugging her. I got to thinking to myself, wow, this went by fast, Theo. I can just imagine, I, I, and, I, and I want to say this, I, this isn't on my notes or anything like that. I imagine that 43 years for Pastor Rex feels like a lightning bolt. Just, whoosh. I see the pictures back here of all the kids that got dedicated and saw Olivia, saw all those on the, on the board and such. And I thought to myself, I said, man, it just flies. It, it just it just goes so fast. I don't I don't know what to I, I don't know how to take it. I mean, you know, your kids grow and then your kids and then you start then you start kind of comparing. Oh, my kids are twenty five. Oh, I got a kid that's this old and I got a kid that's that old and I got I got all this. But folks, folks, let me tell you something. I, I, here's the amazing thing: time flies and you don't know you don't have any idea what tomorrow is going to bring. So while we're talking about the bricks and we're talking about needing to be involved and we're talking about laying the tracks and getting the gospel out into our society, what you need to know is we don't have long to do it. Everybody's going to sit and talk about when the rapture's coming. Let me promise you, the next 25 years of your life, if you have that long, is going to be so fast, you'll be meeting Jesus very soon. 
If you think about it, you'll be meeting Jesus very soon. I want to tell you something. What we need to do is we need to learn that we don't have long on the calendar. If you would, please stand for the reading of God's holy word. Two different passages today. First one, Psalm chapter 90. will be in verse 12. It says this, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. And then James chapter 4 says this, Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we'll go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall tomorrow bring, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For the ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live, and do this or that. You may be seated. Here's the thing, King David, when he says, teach us to number our days, teach us to number our days, I remember this guy, I was reading a story about one time, and he he said, what he did is he went in, he says, the average lifespan of a man in the United States is 75 years. 75 years is the average lifespan, that's that's where you can expect, that's the life expectancy, rather, that's the life expectancy, it's 75 years. He said what he did was he took all those weeks and he realized that was about 3,900 weeks. So he went and he he counted out in a bag and he put 3,900, and I I was not OCD and count these out, but he counted out 3,900 of those and then he started putting in every week he had already lived in another bag. He said to himself, okay, let's get this right. He got to a point where he, he had everything just divvied out just right. And then every week he would take a pea from one bag and put it in the other bag. And then I realized, wow, Ryan, this little one right here is all I got left. Now, certainly I hope I live longer than that, but you know what? That's just the expectancy. Once I get all of these little ones out of here into the other bag, Then I start putting them into another bag, the grace of God. I just keep putting another one into the next one. That's just another week that, hey, I I wasn't even supposed to be here, praise God. I just got, look, 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 let me tell you, let me tell you how this all works. My oldest son, he's a pharmacist, and Tyler, Tyler's tremendous, and they just bought the pharmacy in Barnesville, and and he's so nervous. He's a nervous wreck because we're talking about tremendous debt. The boss that he, the, the guy that he bought it from, he's been working with him since he was 16. He buys this pharmacy and the owner of it, may, many of you may know him. Many of you may know him. You may know him by the story I'm about to tell, but he, all they could dream about is when they retired and finally sold this pharmacy. That what they would do is, is they would go off and they would travel. They'd travel everywhere. They'd go places and things. I mean, they were going to have plenty of money to do it. They were going to travel place to place to place. And they're still probably going to. I, I praise God. I, I certainly am praying they will. But what they found out was, what they found out was that his wife has cancer. Ovarian cancer. And it's in a late stage. One minute. Now, all of you pray, all of you pray. God knows who it is, and maybe some of you do. But here's the thing. One day, Theo, you're thinking, man, this is going to be good. And within moments, you don't know if you're going to make it to the next day. 
So many of us, folks, listen to me. So many of us say, you know what I'll do? I'll call my cousin tomorrow. I'll call my brother tomorrow. I'll call my uncle tomorrow. I'll call my daddy. I'll call my brother or sister. I'll call them. They need, they need Jesus. They need Jesus. But I, I got tomorrow. You don't know that. See, see, we say, we'll wait to another time to do that. We'll wait to another time to press the issue. We won't say anything this time. It, it, it gets awkward when we start talking about Jesus. Maybe by the next Easter play, I can invite them to that Easter play. Maybe by the next time we have a cantata, that'll be something neat to invite them to. When in fact, we keep losing these days and time and time again. Let's go. 7.8 billion people in the world. 2.3 billion are professing Christians. Do you realize that means that over 5 billion are going to hell? 5 billion are going to hell. And we say to ourselves, oh, listen, there's plenty of time. There's tomorrow. There's all this stuff. I see all this happening, folks. We don't, we don't have time for that. He says, David says first, he says, teach us to number our days. That's the first point. Teach us to number our days. At 3,900 weeks, folks, listen to me. At 3,900 weeks, I have lived 2,490 of those. That's to 75 years. When I look at that, when I look at, when I look at this, when I see that, I can remember, God, I remember getting, I can remember memories up till I was 10. And, and I mean, all the way up to 10, I remember the fun I had as a child and didn't even know that in poverty, didn't know anything about poverty. I was just a kid having a good time. 10 to 20 went by like a flash. It seemed like it was slow in school, but it, it went by like a flash. And then we always wondered what it would be like in school. We said, oh, I wonder what the year 2000 is going to be like. And 2000 whipped by us. It just flew by us. It was gone. All the Y2K stuff everybody was going through and worried about whether the world was going to end and, and everybody preaching it was going to end then and all the crazy stuff that was going on. It's like, Y2K this? And it just flashed by us and 2010 came and my goodness, it, the iPhone was only two years old at 2010. And man, now it's taken over all the technology universe. And we look at this, now we're all the way to 2020 and we're like, it's just a flash, it's gone. And you say, oh my goodness, where, where, where has the time gone? Say, oh, I got plenty of time. See, the problem is life expectancy is one thing, and whether or not we're going to make it to that is another. I certainly hope all of us make it there. I do. You say, well, Ryan, I don't know about this. Let me tell you this. Let me, let me read this, and maybe many of you have heard this. To realize the value of one year, ask a student who's failed a grade. To realize the value of one month, ask a mother who gave birth to a premature baby. Folks, let me, let me tell you this. Tiffany Cook is in the, in the hospital in, in Macon. Many of you know her. She's, she's got, she has a, a baby in that womb, and it has been a troubled pregnancy from the beginning. Doctors kept telling her she needed to have an abortion. She needed to take the baby. It's been time and time again. You need to take the baby. You need to take the baby. It's over and over and over again. Finally, they said, the only way you're going to be able to keep this baby in your, in your womb, the only way this is going to happen, and you not rupture and die from bleeding to death, is you've got to stay in this hospital. Every single day counts. If you get a chance, text her. If you get a, ch if you get a chance, 
Send her, one of those, send her one of those restaurant gift cards that she can do online. Send her something so that she can, listen, every day, every day she can stay there and be calm. She can, she can sit in there and she can say, okay, listen, baby, you just stay right in there. Stay warm, stay good, stay healthy. And that baby takes day after day. And then a week goes by and two weeks goes by and three. We got to get her several more weeks, folks. We got to get her several more weeks. If you want to ask how much, how much a day matters, see, it said a month in that. If you want to ask how much a day matters, ask Tiffany. Every single day matters. If you want to realize the value of one hour, ask a businessman who's just missed a flight. If you want to realize the value of one minute, ask the man who's, who had a heart attack in the restaurant. To realize the value of one second, ask the person who barely missed a head-on collision in the car. If you want to realize the value of one millisecond, ask the silver medalist in the Olympics. Every little thing, every little moment, every little thing, Everything you're looking at, every tick of that clock means something. Folks, listen, I've got that little bit of time left. I've got that little bit of time left in this bag. And guess what? I'm going to sleep one-third of these away. That means I really only have two-thirds of this to change the world, to change my family's world, to change my loved one's world, to change. I only got two-thirds of this left if, if, if I don't go past it, praise God. I only, got, I only got just a little while. It, it says, teach us the number of days. David, listen, think about King David. Think about this. Think about this. King David was in a situation where he, he had been around Absalom and his other sons as they were growing up. And oh, it was good to have sons. He never knew that as an old man, this Absalom would turn on him and, and how time flew. And then here is an old man and Absalom has died trying to, trying to take the kingdom from David. And David's an old man and he's dying there. And he doesn't even get to build the temple because of the sin that he's been involved with, the wars he's been involved with. And he's laying there as an old man. And I can guarantee you what he was saying. How did it go so fast? How did, how did it whirl by so fast and me not be able to get a hold of my family and tell them I love them and, 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 and fix all of this? Folks, let me tell you something. If there's somebody you need to hug, you do it tonight. If there's somebody you need to tell you love them, you tell them tonight. Don't say there's a better day. There might not be another day. He says, teach us to number our days. What about, teach us, Lord, to, teach us to cherish the days. Teach us to cherish the days and to witness and to tell the world. And they say, oh, listen, I, I'll get around to coming to church someday. No, friend, no, please, please hear the gospel right now. Let me tell you the gospel. Cherish our days. Just last night, I, I got to thinking about coming here six and a half years ago, and I I, I remember about that time, you know, uh, uh, Johnny and I would get to talking about his, his grandson, Cade, and all, and, and uh, playing football and things. And we kind of followed, you know, Knox and Cade through the high school football years and kind of traded stories and stuff all through the years. And they, all of a sudden, they're graduating from high school, and all of a sudden, they're graduating from college, and all of a sudden, they're getting married, and all of a sudden, all these things, grand, great-grandkids and grandkids, and all these things are happening. And it, all the time, time flying. Listen, the bad news is... Time flies. The good news is God's the pilot. Amen? Folks, take, take a hold of that time. Take a hold of those moments. When you leave here, every moment will count. 
While we're in here, every moment will count. Listen, you say, Ryan, well, I've made some terrible mistakes. Starting now, starting this second, starting this very second, if there's somebody I don't care, get on the phone and tell them you love them. Do whatever you got to do. Text them whatever. You just tell them, folks, because I'm telling you, it's going by so awfully fast. You know what I wonder? I wonder this. I don't know sometimes, I, I don't know whether it's me sometimes, I, I, I'm trying to believe that the Lord wanted me to say this, and I, I, I believe he did. But every cantata we've done for the last two years, last year's, this year's, we've wondered, is Keith going to keep rocking and rolling? I believe he is. I believe he's going to be healed. Sammy, hear, hear this, hear this. Amen, amen, amen. But let me tell you what happens as a human being, and, and, I, and I don't ever want to have to do that, go through that, but I'm going to tell you something. As a human being, I can tell you I know this. Sometimes you can stand up and wonder if this will be the last time. Sometimes you can sit up there with that microphone and you can say, you can say I, I wonder if this will be the last time. See, God told me a long time ago, Ryan, you better preach like it's your last time preaching. Because I may take you home at any moment. You better preach like this is it. You better tell them. You better, listen, if you're going to give them exuberance, if you're going to give them you know, fire and strength, if you're going to do all that, you better do it now because there's no telling what will happen tomorrow. That's what the Word of God just told us. It said we better not. You better count every day. You better count every day and say, I, I, I realize, and listen, on the witness part of this, on the witness part of this, folks, we've got to know, we've got to know that we are witnessing to others. There was a, a Hindu who had, who had turned a Christian. I was reading this in Voice of Martyrs, but he had, he had become a Christian. This was way back when a story, but, but he was, he was uh, walking by some British soldiers during the World War II era. He was walking by them and he had his Bible. And they always cut up with him, the British soldiers. They said, how's Jesus today? How, how, how's Jesus doing today? He turned around to him one time, Sam, and he said this. He said, guys, I found out about Jesus because of Britain. In your country, there's a whole lot of Jesus going on. And they, they, your missionaries came and told me about him. I got born again. He said, I'll tell you how Jesus is doing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That night, that night, those soldiers, a couple of those soldiers out of the 10 got to struggling real hard and couldn't sleep. They went to him the next day. And they said, you got to tell us how to be saved. We, we couldn't sleep all night. Everything, just those words you spoke just bothers us. And we couldn't, we couldn't always sleep. you got to tell us how to be saved. Oh, friends, if we're just walking by, why aren't we telling them? Oh, i got plenty of time to tell them, Ryan. i got plenty of time. I'm not really in the mood right now. I, I'm too tired. I'm too angry. Folks, we may not have another second. We may not have another second. We have to witness to them. Stay true, stay strong. I told a story in 8.30 one time. I said, I said, listen to me. In Yugoslavia, back in, back in the early 80s, let me tell you something. Early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, man, it was such a terrible place to try to witness. It was awful. But his missionary was there, and he went to a, a man there named Simmerman, and this missionary did. And he said, oh, I want to tell you about Jesus. He said, stop right there. Don't, don't, don't say anything else about Jesus. And over in Yugoslavia, there were these people who claimed to be Christians but treated them awfully, took their money, just all these kind of things like that. The ecclesiastical folks that, that wore, the, wore the fancy stuff. He said, I don't want to hear your, anything about Jesus. I've seen how they treated my family. 
The missionary said, what are you talking about? He said, oh yeah, them in their priestly robes and their, their so fancy stuff and all they bought, they would steal our, take our money and do all these things and, and, uh, and it was awful, it was awful. They would even abuse them and hurt them and all of these things. I don't want anything to do with that. He said, Simmerman, let me tell you something. He said, what if I went and grabbed one of your coats out of your closet and stuck it on and ran in and robbed the bank? And they took me in and I told them I was you. And then later on, I, I, I ran away from them, and they, and, and they got me, and they said, yeah, we know it's you because of your coat. We know it's you because of your coat. And, and Simmerman hated the analogy. He said, no, get out of my house. Get out of my house. And so he left the house, but that missionary didn't give up. Folks, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. That missionary didn't give up. He kept going and just loving on him, just loving him, bringing him things, telling him about Jesus as he could. Finally, after months and months and months, Simmerman said, how can I be saved? He said, you've done nothing but love me. Tell me about this Jesus. Here's the thing. When he got saved, when he finally gave his life to Christ, this is what he did. Simmerman stood up and grabbed the missionary, hugged him, looked at the missionary and said, you wear his coat very well. You wear, you wear his coat. I, I, I hope we all do. I hope we all wear his coat very well. But here's the thing. He could have gave up. He could have said, I'm not going to try anymore. The man doesn't want me in his life. He doesn't want me there. I know he doesn't want to hear the gospel. He said, no, 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 I'm not going to give up. I'm just going to show him I love him. I'm going to show him I love him. We got to keep showing him we love him. Oh, listen, David said in the Psalm 39, he said, you've given my days are like the breath of a hand. They're like the breath of a hand. It's nothing to it. I mean, one time we remember being a little child. The next time we remember. And listen, if you're young in this room tonight and you say, oh, listen, I don't have to worry about that right now. You don't know what tomorrow brings. You don't know what tomorrow brings. What about this? We are taught to observe the date. Folks, we see what's going on in this, this town, this county, this state, this country. We see the socialist attacks. I talked about it this morning. The world, the world turning away. The world turning away from godliness and all these things. It says to observe your days. I, I believe, I really believe Jesus is starting to get up. I don't know what that looks like spiritually, but I can tell you, I believe he's beginning to get up out of his seat in, in a metaphorical way. I, 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 believe, I, believe he's, I believe he's starting to stand up saying, it's about time. I'm ready to go get them. I'm ready to get my people. I'm ready to get them. It says to observe him when we see what's going on. And, and there's a, <laughs> there was a preacher one day. And he was preaching and he got excited. He got excited. He got excited about the fact that, that, that he, he was going to get to teach Revelation and end times. And about this time every year he did it, he got excited. And he was preaching and he looked out at his congregation, a conservative Baptist congregation. He looked out at him and he said, how many of you, if Jesus came today, would be ready to go? And nobody kind of, nobody, you know, made a response or anything. But he, he was a little excited. He knew his church was conservative, wouldn't raise their hands. He said, how many of you would be ready to go? Finally, this one little hand and two and three and four, all of that. He looked around the whole church except for one little boy. So he called out the little boy. He was fired up. He called out the little boy. So he said, you don't want to go to heaven? He said, oh, yeah, I want to go to heaven. He said, but I thought you were getting up a load to go today. Amen. <laughs> Folks, but I wonder how many of us are ready.
How many of us have said everything you need to say to your family? How many of us have witnessed to everybody you're supposed to witness to up to now? How many of us have made an effort to go as hard as we can, as long as we can, no matter what? Some of you are praying for your family, praying for your children, praying for all those. You pray them and praise God, you are. Don't stop that. But it says, hey, listen, listen. It says, it says, remember this. Remember these days. Observe them. Each and every day, observe them. Know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Know that I am coming. And Revelation teaching us that. That one day, it'll all melt. What in the world could that possibly mean? One day, one day it'll all it'll it, it'll all melt. It'll 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 be such that it'll be such that we we we're sitting there. We say to ourselves, uh, all of a sudden, not us, but these people will say, "What is happening around us? The things are melting around us." Let me tell you about something that happened. 1979. This is really quick. 1979. This occurred. Scientists were looking and they noticed from satellites they had all over the place that somewhere in a far off, far off galaxy, there was a pulse of energy, a pulse of energy that the sun, it would take 3,000 years for the sun to put off this much energy. And in a tenth of a second, it pulsed like that. Do you realize if the sun were to put off that kind of energy in one, in one moment, it would pulverize the earth and it happened in a tenth of a second somewhere in space. And we say, oh, I don't know how all that's going to happen. Folks, God is in control of this entire thing. He's in control of the entire thing. It'll blow your mind when you look at what all God can do and has done and wants to do for us. But the world hates holiness. It hates righteousness. It hates a love for God. The Word of God says this. Fill your days. Fill your days. The thing is, folks, in America, all you have to worry about is being made fun of. And we won't do it. Pastor was saying about his son one time. He went in to pray with his son. He said, I bet things are hard, son, at school. He said, no, Dad, they're good. He said, I know some, but, you know, I'm a pastor and all, and I know you're probably there and you're, you're witnessing and all and everything, and, and I know it's probably hard on you. He said, no, that's not hard on me at all. He said, well, I know that, I know that if you're a Christian, they're really going to come down hard on you. And this is what his son said. His son said, that's all the more reason not to say anything. And rolled over in his bed and went to sleep. The rest of the article that I was reading was talking about, he was talking about how he had to totally revamp how he taught his own children. This is a pastor. They said, all the more reason not to say anything. Because all they're going to do is come down on you, make fun of you, all those things. Oh, folks, listen to me. We don't have time to be doing that. We don't have time for this. And, and as the world is asking question after question, Christians are stuttering. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. The, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Your answer is Jesus. And all this is your days are flying by. They're moving as fast as they possibly can. I, I heard this statistic and I couldn't believe it. 4% of professing Christians say they witness on a regular basis. The one who saved our souls. The, ones who, the one who keeps your heart beating. 
The one, who, the one who's going to keep your heart beating until it is your time. The one, the one that's taking care of your family. The one that's bringing you here. The one that's feeding you. The one that, one that's helping you to have the energy to do what you do. The one that's doing all that. We don't say anything about 4% are actually out there actively witnessing. Oh, there's the occasional, hey, I'll say the blessing at Thanksgiving. But the, but the whole thing, the whole thing of witnessing, 4%, 4 out of 100 we don't have time anymore, folks. There's no, there's no time. It's all flown. It's all cone. It's going as fast as it can. We're running out of it. Our days, it says to number our days, to cherish our days, to fill our days, to observe our days. All these things, folks. You're to be a light. Every day. What if you were to fall overboard in a boat? And it was nighttime, and no one could see you. And you were trying your best to get people's attention. What happened in the mid-1950s, about 1950 or so, is that very thing happened, and a man fell overboard in the boat. It was dark as it could be. They couldn't see. There was another guy on the boat that was sick as it could be. You know, sometimes getting on those boats, you can get sick and all. He got nauseated. He was like, he hears that somebody's falling off the boat. He's like, oh, my goodness. And he, he, he's like, how can I help? And he's sick, and he's, want, he's wanting to vomit, all these things. But he said, how can I help? He grabs a lantern, and he starts waving it. He's laying on the boat because he's so sick. And he starts waving it over here. And because he's waving the lantern, they can see the guy's hand waving underneath the water. They're able to reach down and grab him and pull him on up. Folks, listen to me. Be a light every single day because there are drowning people everywhere. There's drowning people. Be that light. We don't have time not to. We got to fill our days. We got to give it all to the Lord. Oh, but here's, the, here's one. We've got to expect judgment day. We've got to expect judgment day. Some of those preachers get so fiery and, and they start, listen, listen, listen. And that preacher gets up and he says, oh, listen, there's going to be, there's going to be pain. There's going to be agony. There's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And the old guy in the back stands up and goes, hey, listen, I don't have any teeth. He says, teeth will be provided. Teeth will be provided. Folks, listen to me. There's no escape. Heaven or hell are our choices. We got to preach and teach. There's no time. You say, oh, Ryan, what, what, what can we do? This church has every ability, every technology, everything it needs inside this building. Outside there, you have every technology. You have everything at your fingertips. You have everything that you can do. You have every person you can call. You have it at your fingertips. You can type it. You can call it. You can speak it. You can go out and give to it. You can do all of those things. But, folks, time is running out, and it won't be here much longer. Pastor Rex did three funerals last week he did three it's happening so quick doc daniel was five years old yesterday jane reeves was 10 years old enjoying laughing going up uh, three days ago yeah kenneth baker he, he, he was joining this church he was joining this church, which was actually over 50 years ago. He was joining this church yesterday. It all flew by. It all flew. It all, it all went. It all went like a flash. Oh, my friends, we got to expect judgment day to come. Oh, it's coming. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. 
From his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which was the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death in the lake of fire. And if anyone's name, if anyone's name, if anyone's name was not written in the book of life he was thrown into the lake of fire we have to expect that folks we have to expect these things to happen and it's, it's just an important time for man to die once and after that comes the judgment another verse therefore do not pronounce judgment before the time before the Lord comes who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart then each one will receive commendations from God we have to re- we have to believe that these things are going to happen and be so, so worried about our loved ones who may go there that we preach and we teach and we not give up one single hour, not one single second. Folks, let me tell you something. We have to expect in a judgment day. There was an old wicked lawyer, as if there's any more. I'm just kidding. There was an old wicked lawyer. Back in the day when you could rent a horse to come do some of the work at the house and he rented that horse and that horse ended up dying and the owner of the horse said, I want you to, I want you to pay for that horse. The lawyer said, I will. You, you deserve that. But I don't have a whole lot of money so you're going to have to let me write up the contract and just take a little time to pay for it. And The man's owner said, sure, let's do that. So he wrote up a contract and then he said, at the very end of it, the lawyer put, due on judgment day. He just wrote it on judgment day. Oh, the owner fussed and fussed and fussed, but he had already signed it. And he's, oh my goodness, finally, finally, that owner took him to court. Well, that, that, that man brought the whole contract up there. The lawyer brought the contract up there. See, see, judge, see, see, see what it says in the last line. And the judge looked at it and said this. He said, yeah, I see that last line. And for you, today is judgment day. You'll pay him tomorrow. For every one of us is appointed that day. Not of wrath, if you're born again, not, not of that, but as a day we'll stand before God. We'll take and we'll make account. We're running out of time. I'm about to end, but let me say this. I wonder how many people need to hear from you. Tonight. Oh, right, I'll wait till in the morning. Okay. I'll wait till next Sunday and I'll invite them to church. Okay, I, I want you to do that. But I don't want you to wait. Somebody needs to be hugged. Somebody needs to be told you love them. Somebody needs to be told the gospel. Somebody needs to be told this. This is what I want us to do because there's not much time left. I want us to encourage. I want us to love. I want us to hug and I want us to believe because there's not much time left. I want us to dream. I want us to abide. I want us to adapt. I want us to accomplish because there's not much time left. I want us to yearn. I want us to write. I want us to worship. I want us to boost. I want us to bless. I want us to build. I want us to wake because there's not much time left. I want us to call. I want us to care. I want us to cast. I want us to cherish because there's not much time left. I want us to trust and thrive and surprise and uplift and venture and volunteer and compliment because there's not much time left. I want 
want us to revere. I want us to regard. I want us to receive and delight and deserve. I want us to dance. I want us to fellowship. I want us all of this. I want on and on and on because, friends, there's not much time left. If you ever bury somebody young, you realize it. Today may be the day. I pray for none of us, but it may be for some of us. This is what I want us to do. I want us to be the church. This year, I want us to lay the brick we got to lay. This year, I want us to lay the track we got to lay. And this year, I want us to number our days. Every head bowed and every eye. Lord Jesus, we love you and we praise you and thank you. God, I thank you so much, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for what you say in your word, God. I thank you, Lord, for what you promised us, God. And Lord, I just ask you, Heavenly Father, teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days. Oh, I see it flying by like nobody's business, God. I see it going so fast, God. And unless we do it now, unless we get, unless we get on fire for you now, God, it may pass us so quickly and we never have a chance. God, I pray you give us a passion and a love for you. I pray, God, you give us a passion and a love for you. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for all you do. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. As we stand and sing, as we stand and sing, folks, listen to me. I know nobody in here said they they were visiting or anything like that, but maybe somebody's in here. Maybe somebody's in here who needs to say, God, help me to number my days. Help me, help me to take things, let me take things seriously about life. Let me, let me love the right people and hug the right people and talk to the right people. Bring them to me. Help me to know who they are. If that's you, then friend, bring it to the Lord here. Pray about it there. But maybe there's somebody in this room that doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If that's the case on a Sunday night, praise God because I want you to come forward. Talk to Brother Chet. Talk to me, talk to Pastor Rex, any of our deacons, talk to them. Let's figure this thing out. Let's tell you how you can be right with God and saved tonight because there may not be a tomorrow. Don't leave here unless you know Jesus. Friends, we're going to sing. I want you to be thinking about who God wants you to talk to. You ain't got to be a preacher and you ain't got to go in there and just give them the what for. You just go home and tell them. Jesus wants you saved. You can be mad at me if you want to, but Jesus wants you saved. And I'm just doing what he's asked me to do. What a wonderful and inspiring word we've just heard. It is our prayer that our Lord has richly blessed you through this message. Please join us next time for another message from our pastor. Until then, may you find hope and peace through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior.